Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners, and all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. So I talked to Christina today. She is a physician based out of Illinois, and I'm just really excited to share our interesting and, you'll see, fun conversation. Okay, so a little bit more about Christina. She um, grew up in the U.S. with a European with European parents. Her mom is from Germany originally, and her dad from Greece. And she wasn't able to share this in our interview, but I wanted to share something that she emailed me. She talks about her favorite food memory, and I think this well, it's a couple of them, and I think it's fantastic. I think they're fantastic, and I wanted to share. So she talks about um, eating fresh tomatoes with olive oil salt and oregano she said that her dad was eating this and thought that it looked lame and made some kind of comment about it and then he was like it's delicious you should try it and she said she was blown away um she also shared a story about sneaking vegetables from the salads um that her mom would make with dinner and realizing how good and unique each individual vegetable tasted raw and without dressing she shared um another another memory of eating late night dinners with her great on her great uncle's balcony in Athens in the summer, which oh, that sounds like a dream. Um, and having fresh sesame seed bread in the morning with this amazing butter from Denmark and sidebar. I had a roommate from Denmark who I hope to interview for this. Um, and I've had that butter and it is amazing. Um, she said that you were able to get that in Greece and you can get that in the U S now too. Um, she says 30 years later, my sister and I still reference how amazing that butter always tasted and she she also shared a memory of picking fruit in her grandparents garden in Germany that includes sour cherries gooseberries and blackberries and then also at 10 years old helping her dad stuff raw garlic cloves into a leg of lamb before roasting it for Greek Easter so food runs deep in her veins and I just, I love her zest and her love for food. And it, that really comes out in these, in these stories and it comes out in our interview as well. But, you know, it really comes down to being able to experience food and she's done that. And I think that's really cool. And I really want to share that. I also wanted to share a couple of other tidbits from our interview. Again, the audio makes it a little bit difficult and I hope um, it's something that you'll continue to listen to because she does have some great, um, some great tips and some stories to share. I just turned down the volume in general, so you'll just have to turn it up and it should be fairly consistent. Um, she, her mom was a dietitian, so that played a part in, 
and the food that she ate as well as her parents' food cultures from the countries that um, they each grew up in. And then also she shared a couple of stories about childhood and how, again, since her parents grew up with quite different food cultures, she wasn't very familiar with the traditional American snack foods and um, has a couple of funny stories with that. And also she talked about learning to keep trying foods and expecting one day that she would like them, which is the case for a lot of us. So those were a couple of the things that I learned that I thought were interesting, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. So could you start by telling me a little bit about, you know, eating and, and food in your house as you were growing up? I'm curious to see what that experience was like. Yeah, of course. Um, so growing up, um, I had a pretty oriented house like it was it was very much about coming together um having a conversation eating like a meal that had a salad and of course and um very nutritionally balanced um, my mom's dietitian that definitely that she prepared meals in the way that we would eat um and she was also from uh germany and my father was from greece so we had kind of this European, sometimes Mediterranean dietitian <laughs> household. That is so interesting. So how, with your mom being a dietitian, tell me a little bit about how that um, affected or how, you know, what kinds of foods did you have around that you would eat? I guess based off of all of those, what's as far as what was different than maybe what you saw your peers eating at home? Um, well, there was... The fact that there was a salad served with every meal, I felt was, um, and it wasn't, she definitely was not into like processed food, um, brand name prepared. I think like maybe the one thing she would spend minute rice, uh-huh. <laughs> which in later years we, <laughs> we went off of because I prefer rice. Yeah. In quotes. But, um, yeah. And there was definitely a lot less sweet, um, have junk food at all in the house, um, to the point where like my sister and I would go to our friends' houses. To, you'd go to your friends' houses yeah. to get, to get, um, kind of snacky or other types of foods? Not in order to do that, but while we were there, we definitely could eat dozens of the food. Yeah. We'd go to town and sometimes get like full on snacks before we went home for dinner. <laughs> you know, I, I can relate to that. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, no, huh? I, I do not. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of looking around at the grocery store and, or being around certain friends and realizing that I did not try a lot of the candies and, and snack foods that a lot of people eat. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember doing that and, um, my friend's mom offered to make everybody nachos. Oh Yeah. Both were going nuts about the prospect of having nachos, and I had no idea what nachos were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, first of all, having two parents from cultures, um, you know, that are pretty different than than the American um, way of eating, and then on top of that, having a mom who studied nutrition and and you know, it sounds like a lot. You know, I mean, a lot of the food choices that your parents made were because of that too, right? Yeah, exactly. It was definitely like a balance of 
their backgrounds kind of coming together and then the, the, um, the dietitian. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how that's affected or led you to, um, with your own food choices as an adult. What, yeah, just tell me a little bit about that. So one of the things that was kind of not, it, this wasn't really accepted, um, growing up, um, I mean, were to some degree, kind of because we were kids, um, and we went through phases of biking, but it, it, it was not catered to, it was not really, like, as something that, that to be a permanent choice, you know, so, like, I didn't like mushrooms, probably until I was 20, um, but it was just kind of, like, okay, well, trying them, eventually you'll come around, and then I, I eventually did, so now as an adult, I, um, I'm sort of a pet peeve, like, I'm not really, <laughs> not really a fan of, um, so I think, like, just my palate is broad, um, and I tend to focus now on eating healthy, bringing some out, um, and if I do, I just break up. Sorry, you broke up kind of a lot during that, so... Um, share again, so you, it sounds, okay, what I got out of that was that you're, you learned to be, um, pretty adventurous with different foods and to try certain foods over and over again until, you know, and, and expecting that maybe one day later you would like them. Is that kind of a lesson that you learned from your parents? Yeah, that's correct. That's right. Okay, good. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, um, cooking and eating for one. So tell me a little bit about what you've learned about cooking for one. Okay. So Christina breaks up a lot in here, but I think she has some really great insight that I wanted to share. Um, so you can actually hear it. So she talks about, um, one of her or a couple of her favorite aspects of cooking for one. One of them being that you get a lot more out of a meal. So instead of having to like make 10 servings, if it were a family, just to get leftovers, if you're cooking for one, you can get leftovers just by doubling a recipe for one <laughs> or just making a normal sized recipe. Um, she also talked about being able to adjust ingredients based off of your own taste preferences, which is kind of a nice added silver lining, I guess you could say, to cooking for one. While you might not be able to share that meal with somebody else, you can adjust it based off of whatever you want. You don't have kids dictating what it is that you put in your, in, you know, what ingredients you include or a partner who does the same thing. You can just, she said, if you wanted to add extra zucchini, you can go and do that. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And that's such a great way to look at it because Again, you know, cooking for yourself can be self-care, and I think it's a great way um, to approach it. And a way to take care of yourself is to, you know, be able to lean in and, and enjoy the foods that you like whenever you want them. Um, and to include those in your meals as opposed to what others expect. Oh, I said, so I just kind of, I just, um, my dinner leftovers are great leftovers the next night. Oh, that's a good idea. So what, what kinds of things do you do for lunches? Because I feel like that's something that's really common, you know, wanting to have an easy lunch yeah, to um, take to work. Yeah, I'm not, there's no breakthrough here. I just, I basically just. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you broke, you broke up. You usually do PB&J? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's what, I guess lunches are something that I'm not great at 
Yeah. That's a great idea. And I think, you know, I mean, there's, it's just so utilitarian (laughs) because, you know, I mean, in your job and I'm sure there's lots of other jobs you might not, is it hard to sit down and actually eat a full meal at once? Um, you know, I can actually carve out, um, you know, 20 minutes or so to sit and eat. So that part isn't the problem. It's more just the, like, the time that goes into it. There have been times where I've put a little bit more effort into it, but I just couldn't off. You know, like I'll do like a salad, the veggies, and all this stuff, but the prep time is kind of prohibitive. Yeah. Well, and I think, again, I mean, you can still plan ahead to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, it doesn't have to be anything fancy or special. Sometimes um, just really simple food that's really quick to throw together is is the best option. And I think you have a, you share a great example of that. Um, and that can definitely fit. And, you know, I mean, a peanut butter jelly sandwich, even if it is a, a few days in a row can be really good. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, it's super good. And then, you know, you can kind of gourmet it a little bit and do like, instead of jam or yeah, instead of jelly or jam, you know, like sliced bananas or um, like sliced strawberries or something kind of a little extra just Yeah, yeah. So instead of just using the same peanut butter and the same jelly every day, maybe add some fresh berries if you have them. I know at least, um, so I'm recording this from <laughs> the my parents' house. I'm in Washington right now, and and fruit is everywhere. My family went to pick cherries, and then we traded, well, we my parents, my mom gave some to the neighbors who then traded them for huckleberries which if anybody is familiar with huckleberries, you know that that's like gold. And then, you know, the same thing with some other neighbors and then got raspberries from their bush. And let me tell you, fresh raspberries from from a raspberry bush is like the best thing ever. And to use that summer fruit, that's such a great way. And there's so much flavor in it. The more, the more ways you can find to up your berries. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like we're kind of similar. I I don't really eat that many berries outside of the summer because they're always disappointing. Do you feel that way too? Yeah, they they lack like tomatoes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so just getting that's you know that's a really simple thing that you can do is you just use berries and that can add a lot of texture and some really great flavor. That's a good idea. Um, so your normal week of eating is pretty. Is that pretty consistent, or your eating, is that fairly consistent week to week? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I think Christina, I totally lost you. So, so you said that you, is it salmon? Is that what you said that you take out of the freezer and defrost? Oh, good. Okay. So salmon, and then you would, did you say you pair that with lentils or some vegetables? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good. And then rice and beans, you said as well. Yeah, like rice and black beans. Um, like that's, you know, I'll do it kind of nice. I'm, I'm guessing you, so 
peppers and onions, avocado, squeeze some lime on it maybe, like that. So just really simple, still. <laughs> it makes things a lot easier. So let's continue on with this theme of like quick and easy recipes. Do you have any anything that you just rely on when you're short on time and hungry? Having like a few back pocket recipes back to tired. I have like a that I cook off of. So I kind of I always like think of like what's my brain first and you know what's the protein add something. And I throw in a bunch of vegetables. So having that, you know, like to have kind of a, in my head, a set of greens that I would use. Um, rice, quinoa, and to those I have like a mixture of things that I might pair it with. That's a, yeah. Or that, um, and then, and I just throw in vegetables and round it out. That's a great idea. So you've got grains and then you would add some vegetables to it and, and maybe some sort of protein. Is, did you say that too? And I just missed it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I do kind of a similar thing too, where you have a little bit of a template and then you can adjust that as you need to. Um, and so you said quinoa, you said, right. Okay. So that's actually the end of our interview. We, we really did. We had lots of issues with the the sound cutting out and um so instead of trying to <laughs> make anything up i am just going to share a couple of things that she emailed me so just as an actual ending i just wanted to share some of her go-to dinners i think these are really great and delicious sounding options so she said that she would eat whole grain pasta with sauteed broccoli and shrimp in olive oil and garlic with black pepper and shaved parmesan on top. She said it's good with mushrooms added too. And then jarred pasta sauces are also a great staple. So we're just talking about really simple flavors that still have a lot of flavor to them. So it's not so boring. She also talked about having a giant mixed salad with chickpeas. Chickpeas are awesome. And this is me talking. <laughs> They're fantastic because you can just grab them at, from the jar and then throw them on top of a salad. You can make a really, really quick salad. Um, when you get home, you know, and you're hungry. She also said that she would buy an Indian summer sauce and saute that with tofu and eggplant zucchini, for example, or whatever vegetables, and serve that over rice and top with yogurt, which I love yogurt and, and Indian or um, like curries. It's so good with it. And then she shared this before, which you could kind of hear. She talked about having black beans and or making black beans and rice and adding much vegetables to it. This is and this is me talking. It's a great opportunity to add whatever you've got in the fridge. Um, she shares some of her favorite um, add-ins as being just vegetables, avocado, lime juice, hot sauce or salsa or both, uh, Greek yogurt and um, cilantro and she says most she usually does greek yogurt instead of sour cream for example because that's what she has on hand and doesn't use a lot of sour cream and i'm actually the same way if if you like having yogurt in the morning 
um, like both of us are, like both of us do, Greek yogurt is a fantastic substitute for sour cream because it's something we have on hand and it honestly takes, tastes just about the same. So personally, I like to just get plain Greek yogurt and either like separate it. I actually make my own because it's easy in my Instant Pot, but I'll might flavor some of it and leave the rest of it plain so I can use it in savory dishes and that's really great. So that is the end of this. I hope I hope you found this interesting and we're able to bear through kind of our audio <laughs> issues. I have a couple of other podcasts coming up with, with better sound quality and um, just as great of information to share. And thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for listening to the Table for One podcast with Rebecca. If you're cooking for one or know somebody who is, make sure to subscribe to the Table for One podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you can stay up to date on new episodes that will help you make cooking for one easier and more enjoyable. Feel free to continue the conversation over at in the Table for One Facebook group. You can also find recipes or work with Rebecca over at nourishnutritionblog.com. Or honestly, the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. My handle is Nourish Nutrico, and you can click on the link of my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week. I can't hear you at all. Uh, a little bit, yeah. That's so weird. That's so weird.